All right, it's Monday, which means it's time for What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Great to be with you here, friends. It's a busy, uh, was a busy weekend for me. I don't know about you. Also, the wind, absolutely spectacular. It would not ease up. Sunday was, uh, was pretty wild. Um, at any rate, today... I have to tell you, this uh, this is an incredible bit of news from the Nevada Supreme Court. Uh, th- this case, if you haven't been following it, the Nevada Supreme Court today sided with Dana White. Now, this Dana White's the uh, president of the UFC, and many years ago, Mr. White uh, and his girlfriend, lady friend, whatever uh, her role in his life uh, was. Uh, made a sex tape, and uh, there's basically a guy went to Dana White and said, hey, I, I know you probably don't want this sex tape coming out and seeing the light of day, so if you just pay me a little bit of money, I will make sure that it, it, never, it never gets out. Now, the first thing that uh, that apparently that Dana White did was he called the FBI. <laughs> he had the FBI listen in on the conversations he had with the uh, perpetrator, whose name is Ernesto Joshua Ramos. And Mr. Ramos was subsequently arrested and convicted of extortion, did about a year in prison. Well, he gets out of jail <laughs> and he tries to sue Dana White for the enforcement of the deal. So he's getting extorted and he is, uh, Dana White gets extorted and he wants, um, and he wants to be paid on this. So the Supreme Court, uh, you, you've seen the story, what, they, what they're not telling you, what they're not getting into, the news is not getting into, is that that's what this agreement, this alleged agreement is all about. It's about this original uh, efforts to extort Dana and, and, and to take him for quite a bit of money. And of note, too, the attorney, Ian Christofferson, who's representing Mr. Ramos and his failed bid to have the, I guess, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the money, this, this contract uh, upheld, uh, is himself a convicted felon. He had some problems with the IRS and... Uh, uh, had some, you know, did about, I think, uh, 33 months or so in prison. So uh, nice cast of characters. Uh, yeah, the, the contracts that are illegal are not enforceable. That's the black letter law. So the, there's there are a number of defenses uh, to a to an otherwise valid agreement. Illegality is one of them. You cannot enforce a criminal agreement and an agreement that is based on threatening to reveal sensitive information is, is criminal. And it's, you know, you'll recall the Michael Avenatti deal with Nike, uh, same deal, same shakedown effort. You know, we have this embarrassing information out there. Wouldn't it be a shame if it got out? Meanwhile, the FBI is listening to everything, and, and you know how that story ended. So uh, do not expect – yes, they're saying they're going to uh, – keep pushing this case and they're going to take it to the full uh, full Supreme Court, Nevada Supreme Court, because it was just a panel that heard this. 
and maybe even to the U.S. Supreme Court, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere at all. No chance. So there it is. All right. What else is going on? Sisolak, you just, just dropped moments ago the gentleman that um, accosted him in a restaurant. Apparently, uh, there was some talk about the DA uh, getting and actually uh, pursuing charges against him, and, and Sisolak is asking that those charges not be, uh, not be pursued. Um, I think that this is a, a reasonable position to take. Uh, Wolfson, uh, who is the district attorney uh, here in Las Vegas, was uh, told by the governor not to pursue prosecution uh, from the uh, incident involving abusive and menacing treatment of the governor's family. Um, and and I, th I, I, I think that it's, yeah, I think that this is the right, this is the right thing to do politically because it's all about the election. I think bringing about a case just gives the guy a platform I know initially I, I wondered if this guy was on, but he's a real guy and he really did it. Uh, he really did uh, attack the governor and we denounced it here on the program when it happened. Uh, but I think giving him more oxygen just uh, helps, uh, it, it does not help, it does not help the governor in his election and staying on top of uh, the meat of the matter of the issues in, in, in the campaign. So I think that's what they're going to try to do and and keep it going uh, so it's it's over I, I think with when you have a complaining witness in a criminal case that says look i don't want to press charges uh then then typically uh the da will drop those charges so expect those charges to not well they, they haven't been filed to begin with so expect no charges to be filed and hopefully that whole incident goes uh away entirely now a case internationally I'm following very closely here because uh, I just finished, in fact, this documentary that is on Netflix right now about Boeing, uh, talking about the ill-fated uh, 737 MAX program. There's been another terrible fatal accident overnight in China. Uh, now, this time it was not a 737 MAX, but a 737-800. And the reason I think this matters so much to us here in Nevada is I, I, I think it's got to be the most popular airplane to land in and out of Las Vegas International. Uh, it's the top airplane, for example, that Southwest flies. I believe Allegiant flies that plane too. Uh, so this is a, a workhorse of, 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 the, of the industry of, of airlines. Many airlines have it, but in particular ones that fly in and out of Las Vegas. So uh, too early to tell what, um, what has occurred, but it is uh, something we're watching and we want to get to the bottom. It's just literally the plane was at 30,000 feet. It's different than the type of accidents that they had uh, that were associated with the 737 MAX. And that's because this plane was, was not, it was not following, uh, immediately following takeoff. This plane was already at 29,000 feet, which is a typical cruising altitude. It's up there and it suddenly within two and a half minutes, just drops uh, from the sky. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be any number of things. They're talking about um, an airspeed indicator problem. They're talking about a vertical stabilizer, but it's just a frightening thing. And in these cases, one of the things that will be more challenging is because it's in China. Uh, the Chinese tend to not want as much 
foreign help in having these uh, crashes investigated. Uh, it'll be important, obviously, for Boeing to get out, get out there, but also our own NTSB to figure out if this is yet another Boeing-related problem or if this is something that was maintenance-related or pilot-related or terrorism-related. So uh, we just don't know. A lot of questions out there and figuring it, certainly figuring it out. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, just a couple minutes early. Uh, I want to get into this Cascade lawsuit. This is another bit of news locally. <laughs> Cascade was is a very famous DJ. We know him here in Vegas very well, but he was uh, once uh, well-employed uh, at a 300,000-per-night residency at Chaos, the nightclub that was built inside the Palms, and he just won a lawsuit. I want to talk about this because he didn't get paid. And uh, I'll explain what this is all about when we come back. All right, don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Oh, yes. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash. No Ash today, just Sam here in our beautiful downtown Las Vegas studios. Uh, I think you have to put up with just me today and tomorrow, after which the great Ash will return. I know, she's uh, she's working. She's got a got a case that she's on. and So I'm holding down the, the radio fort in the meantime and enjoying it uh, tremendously. Uh, though I do miss her. Um, I wanted to, just before the break, I mentioned, because we love talking about all these different legal cases that uh, might be going on here in Vegas. And another one today in the news uh, that has to do with uh, Cascade, DJ Cascade. Uh, his real name is Ryan Radden, which is not nearly as fun as DJ Cascade. So that's his name. And he uh, won a big case last Friday here in Las Vegas in federal court against the company that was responsible for the nightclub chaos. Now, this is the nightclub that operated inside the Palms Casino. The Palms, if you'll remember, had all sorts of problems operationally leading up to COVID. And chaos ultimately shut down. I think it shut down around November or so in in 2019 so it, it just maybe f five months before the full shutdown for covid happened uh, chaos shut down now why uh, those of you who have been i'm not a nightclub person i went there after it already shut down i think was my first time that i got finally got into the palms so it's a little out of the way it's off the strip and i i, I went for a restaurant and I, i'm looking around and i I, I took a peek into the area where the, where the nightclub was, and it, I mean, it was, it's spectacular. If you've seen it, it's it got, the, had this giant metal statue. They had all this stuff in there, no expense spared. By some estimates, hundreds of millions of dollars, close to a billion dollars invested in the entire project. But it wasn't even that. It was the people that were, it was, it was <laughs> the payments 
I mean, he DJ Cascade was making three hundred thousand dollars per performance. Per performance, and they had another artist there, and I, 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 the number here, this was even crazier. Cardi B. Apparently, she's famous and well known. She was paid three hundred thousand dollars for each of her fifteen-minute performances. That's fifteen. Yeah, 15 minutes for 300K. It's not sustainable. There's no, there's literally no way that business can, can keep itself afloat. Marshmallow, apparently, had snagged a deal for 60 million all in at the club. And, and I guess what they figured out, and it's the Fertitas, right? The station casino people, Red Rock. Uh, casino people that that have the palms and now palms have since sold to Sam Manuel. And what they figured out is that the people that are going to the to the nightclub are not the kind of people that spend a lot of money in the casino or in the restaurants. Uh, people show up, they'll pay the cover, they get into the nightclub, but it doesn't translate into money being spent, you know, where it matters, which for a gaming company is, you know, is at the tables. But doesn't none of that changes the fact that if you have a contract with someone like DJ Cascade did with Chaos, and they just back in November said, you know, we're we're not gonna, you're not coming in, we're we're done. Uh, what the judge decided is somewhere between the time that they stopped calling him in, which they were obligated to do under the terms of the contract, and March seventeenth, twenty twenty, when everything shut down for COVID, there were a number of days that he would have or should have worked. And so the judge said, yeah, you, you guys, you guys need to pay him. So the next question, of course, is, well, Sam, the thing is shut down, right? I mean, what are his chances of collecting? Eight million, well, it's 7.95, is what the court has ordered Frank Fertitta III and Lorenzo Fertitta, who owned uh, the FP Holdings Company. Uh, that had the contract with Cascade. That's what they're ordering him to pay. Are they, are they likely to see any of that? Uh, that it's, a gr- it's a great question. It kind of depends on how everything is structured. Uh, my guess is that the lawyers for DJ Cascade have have already looked into it and think that this entity is solvent or has enough to warrant what I'm sure must have been a very expensive legal process has been running for two years in federal court. Uh, to give you some idea of what that kind of legal uh, wrangling must cost. Um, again, assuming they're not working on a contingency fee at the end. I mean, these lawyers, once you're in litigation in federal court, this could be you know, $30,000, $40,000 a month in costs. So my guess is, and, and certainly DJ Cascade would have the money and the means to pay for that, but my guess is that they, they assume that this entity FP Holdings has some means of covering this this particular verdict. So all in, about 30 shows between 2019 and 2020 is what was at issue. And, you, you know, you ultimately you have to pay your bills. Um, and it looks like that whatever the, the, the counterpoint to this was, or the defense to nonpayment, uh, did not exist. And, and I think it's, it's one of the reasons why ultimately chaos closed. And why ultimately 
the uh, Palms Casino was was never reopened. It was just, I mean, it was a, a series of very poor uh, business decisions made by folks that uh, otherwise are, are known for making uh, overall fairly wise uh, business decisions across the valley and, and certainly know how to make money in gaming. But it comes down to the fact that the nightclub business is a tricky one. And it's not necessarily a value add to casinos. We think of nightclubs here in town as as being, you know, but kind of hand in hand, a parcel of nightlife and keeping people up and 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 in casinos. And you've you've seen a number of, of collaborations between casinos and nightclubs. Uh, but it, the, 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 apparently, the people that spend big money at the tables are not necessarily the people that will go and see Cardi B perform for fifteen minutes and get paid $300,000 to do so, or, you know, or, or other DJs like Cascade to come and do a night and be paid $300,000 per evening. None of that penciled, apparently. So now, now it's time to pay the piper. By the way, too, I will say, a lot of folks might be looking at this and going, ouch, this must hurt. One, I think if the entity is able to pay, certainly the Fertitas are able to pay. But remember, too, uh, sometimes if you don't want to make a big payment, you know, defendants will oftentimes, just speaking as a lawyer from experience, defendants will, you know, will, will gladly defend the lawsuit and, and let it play its, its way out, which here it took you know, well over a year to, to happen. And they delay... Uh, they delay basically the timing for repayment, and, and that's money that they spend doing other things and get a return on. And so ultimately they end up ahead than having had paid the full amount uh, from the beginning. So I don't know what the kind of, you know, what the negotiations are, but understand a lot of times that these things are delay tactics, and it's, it's kind of how they, how, they, how they operate. Speaking of contracts locally, Marc-Andre Fleury traded once again. Can you believe this? <laughs> uh, apparently, trade negotiations were happening uh, two, three days ago. Now, both Flurry and his agent, his agent, agents for, for sports folks, they're like lawyers. And oftentimes they are lawyers uh, who then end up representing clients. But they, you know, so, so his, his agent, of course, you have famous here in Las Vegas, Alan Walsh, who is... Uh, you know, never was a big fan of, uh, of the Golden Knights. Um, he wrote today on Twitter, Chicago has been wonderful to Marc-Andre Fleury and his family. I'm also hearing, I guess, that, uh, you know, he, he, again, the Blackhawks informed Fleury two, three days ago. So at least the official story here is that the Blackhawks treated Fleury a lot better and the VGK did. Of course, I have a number of insiders in the VGK who vehemently and strongly deny the characterization that uh, that Flurry was blindsided by the trade when it occurred to the Blackhawks. So, at any rate, interesting stuff. Flurry is off to head to uh, Minnesota, I believe, and um, and he thinks they're a contending team. Right? They've got a chance to make make some breakthroughs and be. You know, potentially hit uh, hit the playoffs and 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 get a you know get a trophy. So he, he thinks he has a chance to to do well there, and um, and has you know it seems to be saying a lot of nice things about Chicago in all of his uh, public statements. So we will we will follow this and see how it develops. Interesting, nonetheless.
All right. There's apparently a new dominant COVID variant out there. Will it cause another spike in the U.S.? People are worried. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a big yawn. And why? Because we're emotionally drained. Everyone's done with this. I'll explain what this is all about when we come back. Also need to get into all the recent spate of filings here in Nevada. Candidates are all playing musical chairs. Who's running for who? We don't even know. What's right with Sam and Ash? Back after this. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right you remember hearing just a few days ago that perhaps dr fauci would retire he's like i can't do this forever and then people go oh well that's terrible and then he goes no 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 just kidding i'm i'm gonna be here and see this covid thing through Thank goodness, friends, we are in good hands. What's right with Sam and Ash is what you are listening to right now. Bottom of the hour, as it is every Monday through Friday, right here on KXNT. What's right with Sam and Ash? No Ash today. We are 100% Ashless. So, are we coping? Somewhat. Uh, not, uh, not operating at our peak levels, though, because that requires having her in the seat across from mine all right yes yeah fauci said he was thinking about retiring and everybody's you know yeah, when you when you say you're going to retire no one no one wants to hear jubilation nobody wants to be like oh that's great oh no i want to oh that's a bummer oh, we understand da, da, da. nope there was none of that so right on cue we have in the news reports of a new now dominant covid variant ba.2 that's i don't know ba is omicron okay it's a it's a new omicron and you know what it's called you know it has a nickname uh, i think it's maybe is it bad when a when a variant has a nickname uh yeah the ba2 variant of covid 19 has a nickname it's called stealth Omicron. Now I will tell you, you're not you're not going to read this anywhere. You're not going to hear it anywhere, other than here. The reason that it's called Stealth Omicron is because when you get it, you don't even know you have it. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, obsessing in the news about a f uh, a flu, any illness, right? That you get, you don't even know you have, and can can basically leave you without even registering as a you know in a, in a symptom you know with symptoms and, and, and you being aware of your illness 
Now, the doctors are all hand-wringing about this because this is, they're saying this is the most transmissible variant we have seen so far of the SARS-CoV-2 virus to date. And they're citing a rapid increase in COVID-19 cases. I, I've seen and I've heard this in Germany. There are a number of uh, cases seem to be popping up. But again, hospitalizations, again, any kind of death rate, it seems to be very low. So, I mean, here we go again. Uh, they, they, it, it's, 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 not, it's not going away, but I can tell you from personal experience, I, I got three kids and uh, God bless them, but they hoover up everything. And, and you know, I, I'll be honest, they had a stomach bug recently, man. If you, you guys are parents here in the Valley, maybe you had this happen too. You're probably nodding right now. I, there's been a stomach bug that went around that was not COVID, okay? Because people got tested for it and it was not COVID. But it was a stomach bug and it wiped out my son's class. More than half the kids were gone at one point. Uh, last week, yeah, last week and the week before. And it was all, they're all reporting, yeah, I'm not going to get into details, radio, I don't want to make it disgusting, but basically stomach-related issues. I, I'm, I guarantee you there are probably the, the remaining half the class that was there, half of those had stealth COVID and didn't even know it. So, uh, yeah, there are, there are other things happening uh, besides COVID that are, that are actually in, in interfering with, with living and life more uh, possibly than even this latest variant. But the minute that they give it a name, they give it a, you know, they give it a number, they ascribe it's a different variant, and they give it a name, and then we're all talking about it because everybody has to be scared. And, and, and that is what the media has to do. It's what the politicians have to do. They don't want excuse to uh to hold up or to give up i should say their their emergency powers and remember friends i promise you on cue that in the lead up to the november election on a national level we are going to hear more about covid than you can even imagine and the reason for that is that if you if they yeah if they allow covid to just disappear and wander off. Yeah, conventional wisdom, of course, is that they, they don't want to talk COVID because they don't want anybody being reminded of it. But all of the draconian shutdowns, all of the, all of the interference that we've suffered in our, in our lives at the hands of these great leaders that we have surrounding us, both on a local and national level, all of this interference in our lives, it has to be for something. And in the lead up to the election, I promise you, I'm looking in my crystal ball right now. I promise you, they are going to, they are going to need a, a healthy sprinkling of, of COVID fear to remind every voter that the context by which the country was shut down, kept closed, kids masked, out of school, behind in school, developmentally delayed, all of these, I mean, just all of these effects of COVID mitigation, they put context to it. See, we did it to protect you. And yeah, there are a number of people out there who, who now are still absolutely terrified to live in complete fear. Saw a tweet from someone 
<laughs> picture of himself in a movie theater. So first time in a movie theater since 2020. No one, no one around me was wearing a mask. Ah, I'm not coming back until 2024. And that's okay. If you are afraid of COVID at this point, I get it. No problem. And by the way, this person may be have a pre, you know, pre-existing condition or something there. And that is their right. But enough haranguing all the rest of us with these fears and with these restrictions. We are done. America is war wary when it comes to COVID. I tell you, we're done. And 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 it and it comes down to the fact that each and every one of us right now, we probably know like what, three, four, five people who've come down with this stealth COVID in the last little bit. You know, people had a little sniffle, a little, a little cold, thought they had allergies. And, uh, and in effect, you know, oh, wow, I tested positive. No idea. So I think this, all of this is, uh, is, is, is I, I, but again, it's going to get resurrected every once in a while, become an issue because the media needs to push it. All right. Speaking of stuff being pushed right now, I, well, a whole slate of candidates here in Nevada are rushing to file for races. Uh, basically, in order to run for office, you've got to file paperwork. And, and I think a lot of people are wondering, well, I thought, you know, I mean, it's clear Sisolak would be running. It was clear you know, a number of these candidates, Fiore and others, that were, that were in the race, they declared themselves running. And they're waiting until now to file paperwork. I don't explain why that happens. That's a great question. People always ask that. But there's a there's a particular reason for that delay. I also get into, you know, all these musical chairs of who's running it for who, uh, and why it matters, and why it's happening, and why these some of these I mean maybe a little bit of surprising changes last minute. Uh, so when we get back, we'll get into all of this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, right here on News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Great to be with you, friends, uh, this afternoon, as we are every day, every weekday, I should say, from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on KXNT. No Ash. Ash is working on a case, has the deadline, uh, need to get some stuff done. And so she is not available today, and I think probably won't be here tomorrow either. So you'll get just me these two days. Fabulous. All right. Now, I promised we'd get a little bit into the horse trading that is uh, invariably every, every election season. I mentioned just before the break a number of expected candidates, right, have just barely filed their paperwork for uh, election or re-election. And... Uh, you know, people ask questions about why Why do they wait? We knew, of course, that Governor Sisolak would be running for re-election uh, and, and declared that he would run for re-election, and they just barely now filing the paperwork. One of the uh, things that's very important about this to understand, and this is for national races too, once you file your paperwork, you're under certain uh, – you're under stricter rules and regulations uh, when it comes to the campaign, uh, specifically raising money. Uh, so if you get up there and say, look, I have a political uh, action committee, a PAC, you register your PAC, uh, and then you say, well, I'm running for governor, I'm running for dog catcher, whatever it is. 
and you, but you don't file paperwork yet, you're not uh, bound by a certain fundraising uh, for certain fundraising amount maximums or limits that come into play. So that's that's one of the reasons that people do it. And the other reason is they uh, they want to some candidates want to float a balloon to figure out if they've got a chance before they file. Once you file, you you know you can certainly drop out of the race, but you can't switch to a different race. And that is precisely what Michelle Fiore did uh, just days ago, where she uh, has been running for governor this whole time, and I think has made the decision now to uh, go for state state treasurer. And uh, judging by look again, I'm not familiar with her thinking on this. Uh, her and I have not spoken about this uh, in a while, but I I do believe that got to be pretty crowded on the Republican side. Uh, Lombardo is, uh, for better or for worse, is dominating the field. Uh, there are a number of other candidates that have run, that are running, and I, I have the list here. Some of these people, I, mean, I don't know if you've even heard, William Doc Walls is running for governor as a Republican. Tom Heck uh, is also running for as a Republican. Tom Collins as a Democrat is running for governor. Uh, well, we of course we have Steve Sisolak. By the way, when when they the list I have here from the Nevada Secretary of State, they have to list the name, the date they filed, the party affiliation, the office, and then they have to list list an email address. And so for Steve Sisolak, uh, I'm not going to read the domain, but it's Sam at and then certain domain there. Uh, okay. Not me, just for the record. Okay, not this Sam. Felt like I needed to say that. Who else is running? Stan Lusak? Hey, if you even heard these names, there's a no party, Monique Richardson. And then there's the names, of course, that we've we've heard, you know, Joseph Lombardo, John Lee, Joey Gilbert, uh, Guy Nora. Uh, and then um, you know, and then 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 there's some more. I it's just there's a there's a long, long list. Dean Heller. We've heard so. I the, the point is is there's all it's a crowded field, and for Secretary of State there are just far fewer candidates. Well, let me do the count quickly: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten, and of that one as Democrat, one's independent, and so there's one, two, three, four, five, six Republicans. That's just a far narrower field where name recognition will get you further. Uh, so I, I it's. The fascinating thing, I, it makes sense to me. Uh, it makes sense to me that there uh, that the, these changes were made, and uh, it does tend to shake out all in front of the deadline. So these primaries are now locked in, uh, and we know who's who's coming at us, and we're gonna I don't know we're gonna figure it out and see who we vote for. I hope to have as this 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 field of candidates gets a little more whittled down. It'll be nice to get a handful of these candidates on with us. I know we had Gerald Romalo on, uh, who I, I really enjoyed our conversation with him. And I, I do believe so strongly that the Nevada Secretary of State is maybe, aside from the governorship, uh, one of the most important offices simply because election integrity is so important to me. And by the way, after I we had that episode, I, a, a number of unhinged people uh, came at me on social media uh, arguing that uh, that I, I must I must be one of those uh, January 6th people election integrity hey 
I just want election integrity. I'm not making a judgment on what happened in the last election. But I am saying, moving forward, one person, one vote. And I, I, I and that's what I, I kept asking uh, Gerald. And I, I liked his responses when he was here in our studio. Is look, you, what's the problem with requiring voter ID? Because I, I think it's unreal. It's antiquated. It's unbelievable that when I go uh, to my voting place, uh, and I think last presidential election, I, I, cause I like to vote in person. So I went to uh, the mall over on Valley View. Name always escapes me. But I went there. I, I, I got there, and I just give them my name. And they go, oh, right this way, Sam Rajofsky. I mean, anybody could go in and vote with my name. Literally anybody. I mean, I'm a semi-public figure in town. With very little information, I'll add this, publicly available information, because all your voting data is public. You, you, could, you can walk into a polling pay, place and, 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 and easily imitate another person. And more importantly, you're, you're taking somebody's vote. Because if that person ultimately is voting by absentee ballot or mail-in ballot, then when the ballot comes in, it doesn't, it doesn't you know, go through because uh, presumably it doesn't go through. So this needs to be cleaned up. This is a, a major issue. And, and to all my friends that are Democrats that think that this is just a, a Republican issue, I, I tell you and I, and I warn you emphatically, I warn you that, you know, that it, it, you fight this battle and continue to fight this battle against tightening up elections this eventually the republicans will eventually use this against you it's how things work in politics you you know you you create a monster and eventually that monster turns around and eats you if you think i'm joking i'm not i i i hear it in a, in republican circles and i don't like it one bit when they say, look, well, we, you know, they cheated, so we're going to cheat too, and da-da-da, we're going to, you know, we're going to do a motor voter drive, we're going to do, you know, harvest these ballots, and we're going to, we're going to do this just as dirty as they did. So that you do not want. And it, it, and, it, and, and that then, of course, once it happens to you now, suddenly, of course, you'll talk about how it erodes democracy and whatnot. But I think in a world where you, <laughs> you to go to a freaking football game, you got to show your your COVID vaccine card and your your ID and all this BS. I think you can do that for when you show up at a polling place and get an ID and and create a system where we have free ID, where you get an ID card, you show up at a DMV or another designated government office, and you can get a photo ID card. That, I think, uh, should be very doable. And again, now as we're moving away from a post-COVID uh, universe, I'm hoping all of these easy, auto I say, automatically sent out ballots that just get distributed freely, willy-nilly, just pumped out there, like money living, leaving the Federal Reserve. All those ballots, that, that's got to put a stop, we got to put a stop to it. If you want a mail, if you want a mail-in ballot, you do what you always did. You request one. You fill out the card. Say, give me a, I, I need a, I want a, a 
an absentee ballot and get it done. But only by request. And these 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 rolls, these voter rolls have to be purged. So, again, why is the Nevada secretary of state race so important that? Because if you you know, if you don't get this cleaned up, folks, uh, you know, it's um, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be one person, one vote. The party that gets that is able to harvest the most ballots wins. And that is not uh, a true uh, representation of our democracy. All right. Good stuff. Now, I, I just will remind you, any portion of this program that you've missed, that you want to see, or see, I'm sorry, listen to, and hear again, uh, you just simply go and find our podcast. Now, we're on Apple iTunes. We're also on Spotify. In both, you have to type in, unfortunately, you have to type in, what's right with Sam and Ash? What's right with Sam and Ash? That gets you to the program. You'll recognize uh, me and Ashley on the uh, little photo there. So that's how to get it. That's how to get the show. Beautiful. You'll want to do that. And um, and 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 by the way, uh, I have to say something. I know we were talking a little bit about Mark Andre Fleury uh, a little bit ago, but man, was that a Golden Knights comeback! I was I. <laughs> It was wow, a five-game losing streak, and they came back with the vengeance. Uh, they beat Florida, and then, uh, and then what happened? They they came in and they beat the uh, the LA Kings. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. So, uh, hope the uh, Knights keep that up. Uh, we'll be following these games closely here, of course, at Sam and Ash. Uh, wishing you all a wonderful Monday. Go get them, and we'll see you here tomorrow, 2 p.m. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT.